Hello and welcome to the Fire Podcast. I'm Ryan Rhodes. On today's episode, his father's experience at the Toronto Blessing led to mystical experiences, having relationship with and even creating a place for those we disagree with in the church. And is there such thing as a fivefold comedian? Darren Stott is the lead pastor of Seattle Revival Center, the host of the Supernaturalist podcast show and radio show, the vice president and soon-to-be president of the Renaissance Coalition, formerly the John G. Lake's IFM network of churches, and he's a family man with his face set like flint towards revival. Thankfully, Darren has become a friend of mine over this last year, and uh, it's been incredible getting to know him, to see his boldness, his tenacity, uh, the fact that he is he is just not like everyone else. Uh, he thinks differently, he approaches situations differently, and he dares to believe uh, God for things that, that other people wouldn't dare to believe. And he's also just hilarious. I, I think you guys will see that. Um, he <laughs> he had Vince and I laughing the whole time. Uh, we, we laughed and just couldn't believe how much we laughed. I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. Um, this has been the most fun podcast to record so far. Uh, no offense to any of my other guests, but it was, <laughs> it was just so much fun. Uh, so I hope you enjoy the conversation. It did go a little bit longer, so I split it in half. So this is the first part of that conversation. The second part will be released within uh, a couple days after the first one. So be looking out for that and be sure to listen to both. Uh, also, uh, please share this podcast, share it with your friends, share it on your social media, um, tag people in our posts, those sorts of things will really help get the word out. And if you'd like to support what we're doing in other ways, uh, you can go to firemovement.com slash support. There you can give a one-time gift or a monthly gift uh, if you feel so uh, led. Um, we, we appreciate all that. It just helps us continue to do what we're doing. So thank you so much, and we will have a quick sponsorship segment and then jump into our conversation. Religion loves Jesus the teacher, is even okay with Jesus the prophet. Religion is not okay with Jesus the breaker of bondage, the transformer of hearts, the savior of nations. Because the real Jesus is the anointed one. He doesn't just have good teachings. He is the, the breaker of bondage. He will transform you. You got to go after knowing him more. He's worth it. He's worth. He's worth your time. He's worth your life. And there's there's nothing. This this city, this nation, the nations of the world are not going to be transformed by a satisfied people. They're going to be transformed by lovesick warriors. Because if he's for us, who can be against us? If the king of the universe and all of his goodness, all of his backing, if all of heaven is for you and standing behind you, supporting you, how, how could anything succeed against you? How could you fail? We could, we could change the world. That's not just a fun phrase. If you'll give your life to this thing, to the real thing, if you'll find the real Jesus, the one who burns with eyes of fire, if you'll get a real hunger in your belly and you don't let anything else stop you, and if you'll, if you'll align yourself with who you are as a son or daughter of God, there is nothing that can stop you. This is the Fire Podcast. Well, I'm here with my uh, co-host today, Vince Cantergarage. Yo, yo. And uh, today we have a friend of mine, uh, Darren Stott, from Seattle Revival Center and the Supernaturalist podcast. 
thanks for being on today. Ryan, Vince, it's good to be here. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah. Well, like I told you, this is actually just an expose where we're just going to confront you about, you know, keeping your church open and all those things. All the things. <laughs> yeah, it won't be the first time I was confronted today. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm all I'm all warmed up and ready. Today's ready only to, midweek, too. <laughs> I'm ready to defend myself. So bring it, boys. <laughs> yeah, my, my walls are up and I'm ready to go. I'm already offended. Let's get this show on the road. <laughs> awesome. Well, so for those who don't know Darren, he's hilarious. Um, you made it You made it on the news. I was just telling Vince this because he actually didn't see it. You made it on the news for doing SNL slash Sesame Street kind of stuff for the live stream of your church uh and it made the news because it was so funny and it was so different than everyone else who was just you know putting a camera in the back of their church where you could barely hear and you see somebody blocking the camera and all that uh those, those dumb churches <laughs> so, so darren's hilarious i'm just kidding i'm just kidding <laughs> Yeah, I, I told I told Vince because I, I just did uh, an interview with Russell Johnson and I was like, you know, he's he's a what I would call a five fold comedian like Russell's hilarious. Uh, I would say that about you, too. And I didn't get to pull that out of him as much. You, it just comes more naturally making <laughs> sketches and stuff. <laughs> you were doing like opening monologues, making fun of covid facts and oh my the next stupid government rule <laughs> It was great. I gotta look that up, man. <laughs> it was it was so much fun, man. Like I I so miss. We have these joke writing meetings um, every week, and we would we would just as go a staff. To the, yeah, well, no, uh, just a, a handful of of the funny staff members would get together. <laughs> oh, fun! And um, yeah, because we we made a mistake and we did a joke writing meeting with like a larger sample of the staff, and <laughs> and uh, it you know it, people would do these jokes and come up and we'd all just be kind of sitting there staring at them. And then we're like, <laughs> we, we got to go with like a smaller segment of the staff, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. man, that was so much fun every week, just sitting around the table, looking at the headlines, finding the most ridiculous headlines ever, and then trying to come up with a way to turn it into a joke, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was so much fun, man. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, you think you missed your calling going into ministry instead of like writing for SNL or Conan or, <laughs> Well, you know, uh, in 2019, I actually went to um, the Comedy Underground Club in Pioneer Square to do a uh, to do an open night, uh, open mic. Really? Night. No yeah, way. yeah, yeah. And so um, uh, that was like a, a bucket list thing. And so I, I had written kind of a, a sketch and everything, and I I'd, I'd been practicing it, and and I was like, like I was like at SRC at Sierra Valley Center, like people laugh at me, but that's because they love me and they honor me. Yeah. And so I don't know if I'm really that funny or not, right? So I was like, the only way to find out is to go to a place where people don't honor you, to yeah. go to a place where people are, like, just sitting there with their arms folded, like, make me laugh, right? And so, like, I was like, let's let's see, like, if I'm actually funny, and I learned that I'm not. <laughs> dude. Wait, what happened? <laughs> I, got, I got humbled hard, dude. <laughs> I was like... Man, I, uh, dude, I got up there and like, it's so nerve wracking. It was like the most terrifying thing I've ever done in my life. And you only have two minutes. You go for 60 seconds and then, a, and then like a red light turns on. That mm -hmm. means that you got one minute left. And, and this is what I learned, man. 
Like it is, it is like, it is almost impossible to be funny when you're terrified. Hmm. And, um, hmm. and I think that was, I, man. I, and so I was up there and I was doing my thing and my buddy recorded it for me. And, and, and I was actually grateful for that because if he hadn't recorded it, I would, I would I, like, like I beat myself up so bad when I got off the stage. Cause I thought I just failed so miserably. Like yeah. when I, when I look back at it, like nobody laughed the entire time. Like I felt like, I felt like such a failure. And then when wow. I went back and I listened to it, there were parts where people were actually cracking up laughing. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean the whole thing was funny. I mean, there was only a, a couple moments where people really, but, and it wasn't even the stuff that I meant to be funny. It was like the things that people found funny were different. And, um, Anyways, I was I was like immediately obsessed and I couldn't wait to get back. And my wife was like, no, 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 no. You're a, a husband, a father, a pastor, a podcaster. You're traveling all over. No, no, no. You don't. This doesn't get to be your hobby right now. Like, And so <laughs> I was like so obsessed. I was like critiquing that my bits. I was like I was just like it's like when somebody beats you up and then mm -hmm. and then you're like you start training and you're ready and you're ready to come back and just thrash him, which, yep. yeah, and as, as you get, you know, I've got some stories about that too, but we can get into that later. But anyways, <laughs> I never got, never got a chance to, to go back. Not yet. Yeah. Well, <laughs> as soon as things open up again, I want to go and not, not for me to do it, but I want to watch, watch you do it. <laughs> Dude. I, um, I learned so much from doing like the bits, like, which is so funny that we actually did bits on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. And what was so funny about it is be, that like people, um, you know, people would, uh, the first time we did it, nobody knew what, that we were doing a special service. All, all they knew is that we were going to be online. Right. Um, with our service, nobody knew that we were doing this. So, so there's a countdown, like, great. We're doing church online. All, all the families are on their couches. And then all of a sudden the very first one we did, it opened up. It wasn't church. It was the same as that. We, 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 we stole the, the intro of Mr. Rogers neighborhood yeah. and, it, and it started with Mr. Rogers. And then all of a sudden it came into the screen and I come out with my, with my button up vest on and I start changing my shoes <laughs> And then I go into this. I'm sitting on a couch having a conversation with a puppet about fear, and that's when the news got a hold of it. So, yeah, man. Like in 2020, um, I was on. Uh, we were on King Five Evening Magazine, um, and then uh, and then the Seattle Times did a write up on us, and um, it was it was crazy, man. It was it was cr crazy year for sure. Um, but there was there was some really cool opportunities to kind of break the box, yeah. and the Lord the Lord really favored it. I was just gonna. I was just pulled something up here. I, I could put it up to the to the camera here and see if um I don't know if this is a good idea or a bad idea. But this um, your bit? Yeah. I just pulled up a like a random Can you hear it? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, we can hear it. And so we always did a lot of stuff with uh with the band. After a funny joke, the band would always like rock out. a pretty big deal on YouTube. Uh, Guinness World Book of Records, a record was set by Joe Wick, who did a live broadcast with over 955,000 live viewers watching his, uh, his aerobic video. Did you hear about this, Pastor Anthony? No, I definitely didn't. <laughs> when he was interviewed and asked by the press what he was going to do next, he responded by saying, I'm going to move out of my mom's basement. <laughs> so that was like a lot of our humor. It, it wasn't all that funny, but it was just us making fun of people. Yeah. And we, and we, 
<laughs> we we found that kind of stuff so funny. And I get emails every week like, you shouldn't make fun of this person. Like, because we just kind of made fun of everybody, you know? Sure. If it was funny to us, we kind of, and we tried to do it tasteful. But anyways, I miss it, man. I miss that joke writing and incorporating that in Sundays. Yeah, well, bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you're, you're the pastor of the church. You can do what you want, right? That's right. I, I am in charge. Darn it. <laughs> That's a, this is just this is an intervention for you to believe in yourself. Yeah, man. Instead of Dude. local news, we're going national. Bro, it's like the tension of like we're like Seattle Revival Center, right? And um, and so it's like you know it's 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 about the presence of the Lord, right? And it's about yeah. cre- creating that atmosphere and stuff. And so. Man, we could get away with stuff when you're just streaming it right online. You know, you yep. could break, you can break the box and get and and totally get away with it when you, when it's just truly online. Because, and and I'd love to hear from you guys on this, but this whole idea of like of media church and this idea, this this almost this fantasy that we have that we can lead people in an hour long worship set and that people are in their homes waving flags and just getting deep <laughs> into the presence of the Lord, like that's not really happening, like. Like, like what pastors don't realize is that when their worship bands are, are doing their hour-long set and people are watching on, on at home, that what they're actually doing is they're in the kitchen uh, making nachos, and, um, and, you know, and they're waiting for worship to be over while scrolling Facebook so that they can get uh, to the sermon. Mm. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That was, That's that was real super, talk, man. <laughs> that was super negative. Sorry. Anyways, I'm not I'm – not, that just went, like, south really quick, but – um, I don't even know why I said all that. Anyways, no, for all you uh, online churches, you guys are you guys are awesome. Keep going yeah, but, after it. <laughs> but, but talk talk to that, Darren. Like real talk. Like talk to that a little bit because like I think that you're hitting on something that like everybody's being forced with considering that shift, right? And like I, caught, I know. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I caught myself as I was kind of going down that slope, and I think, and, and then I was like, Darren, where where are we going right now? But. For us, that's that. That was one of the things. Is like I was like, man, if we got, I'm thinking about my own kids and my own household. Am I really going to sit down on the couch with my little kids and make them kind of watch just a normal hour and a half, or if you're a revival church, a two hour service? Like, I I don't think that. No, you know, we're not no. going to be able to do that. And honestly, I don't know about you guys, but I don't I don't watch online church services on Facebook. Um, if there's something really out there, real crazy, I'll watch it on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But um, like, so if I if this isn't the kind of behavior that I would engage with as as just a person with my family, then why would I expect for all the families in our church to have to to have to do that as well as the only way to engage? Because for us, you know, 2020, that was the only way that you could kind of engage with church services was online, right? <clears throat> yeah. And yeah. so. Um, and so for me, it was like, I want to create, and I've always kind of done this, uh, but I want to create the kind of environments that I want to attend. And that means that if it's conference, one time I canceled the conference because I didn't want to go to it. <laughs> That's so real. Yeah. And I was just like, no, this sounds, this sounds dumb. This sounds boring. Yeah. We like, and we were very polite and it wasn't like we canceled it with 24 hours. We weren't being reckless. We had time and I was just like, Man, there's no juice on this. Let's let's not do it. You know, we were so we had enough time that we could be really honoring towards the guy that was coming in. Uh, but the same thing is true, I think, with 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 media is like, would I actually want to sit down and and watch this? You know, with my family. Um, and if not, you know, then then 
And that was kind of the question that we asked ourselves last year. Um, let's create something that we that 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 we can go back like guys like I'll go back and watch those services. I just did it just a couple weeks ago. I was in Texas with a bunch of guys and we were watching the monologues and stuff, you know, and we were just crying, laughing. It was like two, two o'clock in the morning. We're sitting around a campfire and, I, and we're just listening to these stupid COVID jokes. And we were just like <laughs> we we're all just like crying, laughing. And uh, man, man, th that was like priceless. Like it, it, it took so many hours. It took so much work. But it was so much fun literally doing ministry with my friends, sitting around a table, and and the year gave us lemons, and we're sitting there making making lemonade. And and now we're out of it. There's no going back, no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Yeah, and you, I mean, you guys, it's not like you, you just kind of bucked the system the whole time. Like, you, you did... You did that for a little while and then you you did a tent and now you're like back doing in person right yeah and i think that's the difference between um pastor russell johnson and myself like uh pastor russell johnson like like he's just ready to punch somebody out at, like all the time like he's just like <laughs> like you know what i'm saying like if, if the health department showed up like he would just he would knock them out before they even said why they were there you know what i'm saying versus me i'm, I'm more of like the you know, I, I've always been more of the rule follower. You know, I drive the speed limit, you know, except for when I drive by schools. Those cameras, they are. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Andrew is <laughs> like, what? You always drive the speed limit except for when you drive by schools. Like, what's your problem? <laughs> like, they got another picture of you going, you know, 80 in a school zone. So. But like I'm the nice guy, <laughs> like I I am the rule follower. I am not the, the I like I, I can do confrontation, you know I I don't avoid it, and yet um, uh, we really tried to to play by the rules. We we shut down for twelve weeks, and then we were in a tent outside. Like our people were shivering. We were in the rain. Um, oh, man. You, you know you know and and I look back at it now, and I'm like, there's something really special about it about those four those four weeks when we were outside. And then, um, and then we began to move back inside. And then once we were inside, you know, we'd followed all the rules. And all of a sudden, um, uh, we we had a like like a COVID. I'll just call it an incident. <laughs> um, and so we had an incident. And all of a sudden, we had you know a, a health department investigation. And um, and they and they and it would. The truth is, is that the person that was doing the investigation, they didn't know if they should be the good cop or the bad cop. So they tried to be the good cop and the bad cop at the same time. <laughs> and that's just not a strategic move. And <laughs> you're like, why would I want to work with you when you're so evil? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, Pastor Dare, just, you know, it's cool. It's cool, bro. Just send over the records. And you're like, wait, didn't you just threaten us? Well, yeah, but, you know, so anyways... It was yeah. I, I couldn't figure it out, and um, so yeah, they threatened us. They were going to go public. They're going to do a press release on us. Uh, we quickly learned that they had nothing legal on us. Our our lawyer was going through all the the stuff with them, and and he was like, they don't they don't have any le legal leg to stand on right now. Hmm. Uh, and so they they basically were threatening us with with doing a big like um, you know a, a public shaming uh, uh, by saying that we were a super spreading church. And, um, so yeah, so anyways, uh, our lawyer was like, this is going to be one of the best things that happened to you guys because this is free publicity. And if there's one thing that you guys do well, 
you guys know how to take advantage of of media. <laughs> and so, yeah, we uh, Sean Poit's a good friend, and and so we got a hold of him, and uh, he got us in touch with his PR team because I don't know if you guys have ever read a Sean Poit uh, uh, press release. Mm-hmm. They are like they're they they're not even Christian, right? Like they are <laughs> like when you read a press release, you're like, jeez, right? Like who who are these guys? And uh, and I was like, that's what I want. I want to go. If they're going to do this, if they're going to try to do a public shaming on the media and try to just embarrass us and shame us, I want to be ready. And mm-hmm. so I know that Sean's team is like the best team when it comes to PR. So he got us in touch with his team, and then he got us in touch with his legal team. We were ready. We were ready to go. On the day that I was having the big conversation with these guys, Bobby Connor, um, who, is, who, who, is a, who is a trusted prophet, yeah. s- sends me a random text <clears throat> message. On the day that that I'm gonna have this, I don't even know I'm gonna have this meeting with these guys. And he says, um, "I see a great erasing, hmm. right? Like if you have an eraser and a pencil and you're gonna erase something." He goes, "I see a great erasing." And it was just after that I had a conversation with the investigator, with her supervisor, and they end up apologizing to us, and then sending a written apology for how we were treated. Wow! And the the investigator was rebuked by the supervisor on the phone. They both apologized, and we literally never heard anything back from them after after that day. It was the, the thing was literally it was it was erased. So wow. it's pretty crazy. Thank God for Bobby. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Isn't he awesome, man? Bobby Connor, man. Yeah, he's a. Uh... <laughs> he's something i i've i've gotten to be around him quite a few times because he would always come to the church i was a part of and sitting in the green room with him and i mean you know he's just story after story after story and they get like crazier and crazier and he's like yeah bob jones came in my window this one time and oh yeah and then i got cut <laughs> open and like he's like just like what are you talking about but then he's also he's like have, has he ever done the thing to you where he reads your thoughts no, and the reason why is because I refuse to look him in the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's talked. <laughs> that's funny. He's talked about that a few times, <clears throat> where like God will tell him, like he'll hear what people are thinking and just reply to them, like as if they said it. And he did it to me. Like I had a question I wanted to ask him, and I thought it in my head. I thought, oh, now's my chance to ask him this question about fasting. And he turns to me and just starts telling me, like, teaching me about fasting. And, like, it was everything I needed to know for that season. But it was wild because I'm like, stay out of my head. That's scary. <laughs> there's there's yeah. stuff that goes on here. I don't want I don't need anybody <laughs> hearing my thoughts. But, yeah, you know, um, when he was with us last time, he would, he would, like, at his book signing, he would give people a pen and a piece of paper. And he'd say, I want you to just draw a crazy squiggly lines and crazy, just draw something crazy. And people would just draw these squiggly lines. And then he would take it and he would interpret it. <laughs> That's sick. Yeah, and, and, and it would be like directional prophetic words. Right. Wow. And um, I'd give some examples, but they were they were pretty personal to people. <laughs> and so I really can't, right? If I was to tell some of the like imagine doing that imagine doing these squiggly lines and all of a sudden this guy reads your mail with very personal details in your life and you're like wow you know mm-hmm. so he's just he's that's what i love uh, is he's he's very creative he's an out of the box uh prophet and he really is here here's the thing i don't you, you guys know how it is like in ministry and stuff 
like the longer you get to know somebody, the less impressed you are by them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes, yeah. I, okay. Sometimes, but sometimes it's like these people that you really look up to, right? You really look up to, and then all of a sudden you really get to know them, and you're like, oh, they're just they're just a human, you know? Like, and sometimes that that can be a letdown. Sometimes you can see some behaviors, and you're like, huh, you know? And not mm-hmm. that you make a, a big judgment or anything. Bobby, um, man, I've 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 got to see his like his humanity, his his playfulness. But um, he's one of these guys that I have more respect for today than than even when I was a little kid and was just memorized by him. And and, and what it is, it's not all. It's not his is his gifting. His gifting is awesome. What it is is that Bobby. The most important thing in his life is that he is obedient to the voice of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And if there's one thing that he doesn't want to do. Like that, that it's almost like the fear of the Lord is on him. In that, he is terrified of being disobedient. Mm-hmm. And when and I've seen that I've seen that on him. I've helped him do different things. I've helped their ministry do different stuff with social media and get different things going for him and stuff. And you know, like Bobby, like I helped him get his Instagram going. He went from like zero to twenty five thousand followers almost overnight. <laughs> well, anybody that knows Instagram, you could monetize that super quick. Yeah. And there's a lot of things. Bobby does not care. He does not he does not he is not that's not who that guy is. In mm-hmm. fact, if he could just give every you know, he's done I think uh last I heard he's done over two hundred videos since COVID started. Wow. And His, the Bobby's briefings. Yeah. Those are awesome. He's and he has enough content to be doing two videos every single day. I mean, every single day. And, um, and he doesn't charge for anything. And there's all, he knows all the people. He knows all the, the e-course people. He knows all the, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and his heart is to equip the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, and, and that's what I love. Man. He, there's the spirit of the fear of the Lord is so all, all over the guy. And, um, man, I just, I just love who he is and what he represents. And, and I think that's part of like, for me, like, um, I'm not a huge, like, I, I really love Mike, B- Mike Bickle, you know? Um, mm-hmm. but I'd never really like followed him that closely. I've never like, like really like read, read his stuff and like, you know, so I respect and honor the guy, but, um, I feel like the, one of the things that I really appreciate about Mike Bickle that I really want to be like is dude mike was a friend of the prophets Hmm. and he created a place where the prophets felt safe where they Hmm. felt honored and he created he created this this like this refuge um for prophets and for broken prophets and um man i want to be known for that i want to be known as as a friend of the prophets you know yeah that's powerful yeah and uh that's that's cool that you bring that up, Darren, because, um, you know, you and I were like just meeting on this on this podcast. But I think that's one of the things I'd have admired from you and of you from afar, um, because it's very unique, not just to this region, but I would say to the nation. Um, that honor that um, that place of refuge for really people from all over the spectrum like 
you know, the people that are just obsessed with hearing the voice of the Lord and releasing that, but then also the, the, <laughs> the guys that are having trances and, you know, <laughs> really otherworldly encounters like that, right? Like, and I've heard the whole spectrum come through your ministry. Um, and I'm just curious, man, like, you know, as you're setting that stage for them, as you're setting that place for them, like, how do you um, navigate? Yeah, how do you navigate the like the spectrum, right? Like, because you have people that are, you know, way out there in most people's speech, um, where they're you know talking about trances like on a daily basis. They're talking about like, um, you know, being in eight places at once, right? <laughs> Things like this, where like people are like, nah, I don't know about that, right? If you're if you're talking to like the the normal churchgoer how do you navigate like equipping um not just them with a space to um operate in that and to like empower them but then also like with the people that you're leading like speaking to them in a level where like hey this is this is something that like i'm okay with or maybe i'm not but like we want to honor this. Yeah, dude. Um, all right. So I like, so I was third generation assemblies of God. Um, hey, I came so, out of the assemblies, man. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And I, uh, and I'm no longer in the assemblies, but they, yeah. they, 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 we had such an honorable kind of separation. They really blessed us and, and honored us. Now my grandpa was first generation Christian for our family line. That was such a miracle. How, how my grandpa got saved. He got saved one time in just a regular traditional church meeting and he backslid hmm. he got saved again in a revival meeting where the power of god thrashed him and he was immediately set free of of a smoking addiction of of, of a drinking addiction like my grandpa was not a good guy and the lord immediately radically delivered him and um, my grandma wanted nothing to do with it. She was like, if you're going to be like this Bible thumper, like if you're like th whatever name that she would have used for him, uh, I don't think I could be married for, to you if you're just going to be a religious guy now. And um, and so my grandpa just kept praying for her. One night she, uh, the Holy Spirit came on her and she began crying in bed and she rolled over and said, Bob, how do I, how do I invite Jesus, you know, come into my heart? Hmm. And, uh, and he led her in the sinner's prayer and, and they became ministers and stuff. Well, my dad was also saved in a revival meeting in a, in a fuchsia picket meeting hmm. and, um, and was healed of stuttering and had an open vision where the Lord showed him that he was going to become a minister, showed him his whole future and everything. Uh, so what I'm getting at here is that for me, revival and a revival culture is essential to the church because if it wasn't for revival, like re specifically like revival meetings where the manifest presence of God is just, is, is just welcome to move at will, man, my grandpa wouldn't have gotten saved. My dad wouldn't have gotten saved and called into ministry. It was in a revival meeting where I was filled with the Holy spirit, where I was slain in the spirit for the first time where the, I, it was in Indonesia um, in the early two thousands where the fire of God was hitting that country and the Lord called me into ministry in a revival culture 
when my dad got hit with the power of God back in 94, after being frustrated with 25 years of ministry, totally burned out, did not feel like he was being celebrated in his denomination, just wanted to be done with everything. And then the power of God hit him in Toronto. Uh, what, what happened was the, the power of God hit my dad so hard that he began to shake uncontrollably to the point where he couldn't even speak. He would, he would, he would vibrate so hard. In fact, he would vibrate when he was sleeping. So at night, he would be literally asleep and his body would be shaking as if he had palsy. And he would vibrate the screws out of his, out of his glasses. Well, you know, now in 2021... Revival is sexy, and you can manifest and not get thrown into some sort of denominational jail. But back in back in ninety four, ninety five, ninety six, this stuff was not cool. Bethel was not cool back in 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 ninety four, ninety five, ninety six. You know, uh, these churches that are that are that are famous now, they were getting picketed. You know, uh, Cheon, um, uh, 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 John and Carol are not uh, Bill Johnson. These guys were getting just chewed apart by the mainstream kind of Christian thing at that time, you know? And so my dad was catapulted into a realm that he didn't understand. And what I mean is that this wasn't like a seven day encounter for him. This wasn't a 14 day all the way up until the day he died. Every time he would preach, the presence of the Lord would come on him to the point where he wouldn't be able to preach anymore. And he would stutter and he would and he would um, stagger as as a drunken man. And then and then the word of the Lord would come and he would take off prophesying like an old school Southern Baptist minister. Mm-hmm. And then. But he was there was so much persecution and there was so much rejection. There was so much reproach around the, the gift that my dad operated in. Another realm that he walked in is that the glory realm would would open up in front of him and he would watch the angels of God that he would describe as the lightnings of God. So the very first time it happened, he gathered the elders around him to pray for him because he thought maybe it was demonic mm-hmm. because with his eyes open, he was watching the lightnings of God flash, flash in front of him. And he said, this, it's not like something I'm seeing in the spirit. I'm actually watching this with my eyes. This is natural. And he thought there was something wrong with him. And as the elders began to pray, it just got worse. <laughs> and what would begin to happen is throughout the years of his ministry, the angels of God would show up. The, the lightnings of God would begin to form maps on the walls, like of his hotel room. And he would draw pictures of these maps. And then he would find out later on that a lot of these maps were like these very remote islands in Indonesia. And he would go on these crazy journeys where you got to like, take these canoe rides, you know, Mm -hmm. through the swamps. And then he would go out to these remote places. And when he'd get there, they would know that he was coming because the angels of God would tell these little villages that he was coming. And so I've got so many pictures of my dad in these, in these, in these little remote villages. And he fell in love with these people. Like my dad's home church was in Indonesia. He considered himself Indonesian. And um, that's where I was called. And he's, he, he's like, Darren, you got to come to Indonesia. You got to see what God is doing. And then that's when God called me into ministry. The reason why I bring all that up is that um, my dad was a, was a mystic and he didn't even know it. He never would have even 
used the word yeah. mystic or mystical. He didn't have any language for what he was walking in, but it wasn't it wasn't really popular, and a lot of people didn't really believe him. But he was my dad, and I would feel I would feel the presence of God when it would come upon him. So I knew what was happening with him mm. was real. I remember being a kid and watching the the cloud, the glory cloud, fill meetings, and that's the most I ever saw. I, I I would see the glory cloud often. I remember walking through the hallways of a church one time and just taking my hands and just kind of moving my hands through that through that glory cloud. Well, what that did, you know, and honestly, I didn't even realize how that imprinted me. Um, and where I'm going, Vince, with all of this, sorry, I know this is a big story. No, this is good. But um, where I'm going with this is that without even realizing it, man, I have had such a heart for for the mystics who are now you know, somewhat popular, but for a long period of time, they weren't. And um, I've had a heart for these guys that are just operating these unexplainable realms and these unexplainable things and um you know like uh and i just had such a heart and a desire to be just a friend to that you know it goes back to being kind of a friend of the prophets and i think sometimes we call people prophets just because we don't understand we don't understand them and we're like that's so weird that's so out of my box well it's okay because they're a prophet you know and um so because of that I've always wanted to bring these supernatural people into SRC, even if I didn't understand with er- everything that they were saying, even if I didn't agree with everything that they were saying that like, I've always had this, I've always known there's so much more available in the spirit and man, we can, we can play it safe, but come on. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, and, and for people that, that, <laughs> Again, I got to be careful because I realize that the call of God on my life is different. The grace on my life is different than other. So, you know, a lot. Yeah. A lot of churches shouldn't have these kinds of people in Mm. if that's not the grace or the call on your place. But, Mm. you know, for me, I think it's because of who my dad was watching how he got rejected and me just being like, man, I can take some blows for some of these people because I think that what they have to deposit, I think that the hunger that they can stir up in, 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 in our context of ministry at Seattle Revival Center. I think it's worth it. Yeah. And um, there's only been, I you know, we've had so many people through our place. And, you know, honestly, I don't really have any regrets because I think that every, every, every time I've invited somebody in, it was never to make SRC famous or to just be controversial, just to be controversial. Right. Like every time we've had somebody in, Man, I wanted to do, do right by God and do right by his people. And I really believe that the Lord was going to use it. And we've had some bad meetings. and We've had some embarrassing things happen where I have to kind of walk through that as a pastor. But our people at SRC are are just so stinking mature. And, like, man, we've, we've had such a grace that even when we've got a bad meeting or even when some, someone says something crazy, it's like our people, man, it's just so awesome uh, just the the level of grace that we have as as a house, where it's like, I've never had anyone in my church be like, "Man, Pastor Darren, you failed." Like, what were you thinking? Like, you idiot! Like, I've never had anyone do that. Like, like our people just really they trust in me. They they, they trust in our leadership, and I and I want to continue to do that. I I want to continue to build relationships with out of the box supernaturalists 
and mm-hmm. honor them. And and I think as long as as long as their hearts are open and there's like humility and a an openness and for a relationship, then then I'm willing to bring you in. But if you're like just wild and crazy and supernatural, but but you got pride and and I can't really connect with you, but but you got these crazy gifts or crazy healing anointing. I, I, I'm not going to partner with you. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I don't care about how big, wild or crazy or mystical you are. If your heart is closed off, then I can't really do anything with you. But if your heart is open, then, then, you know, I want to, I want to know who you are. I want to know what you're up to. I want to, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's so good, man. Yeah. Part of, part of my journey and all of that, um, came from actually some of my best friends, Ryan hears me talk about them all the time, but they were down in Springfield, Missouri, out of all places, right? So headquarters, AG, and uh, there's three of them, and they're all like really, really mystical, man, and like having these wild, wild experiences with the Lord. And these guys are like AG guys? No, no, they they like grew up in the area, so they've like had history. There, I was gonna right? say because that would be like a crazy plot for like a TV show or a comic book. Like, you've got like. <laughs> You've got like these three AG guys that wear three piece suits and they're young and they're, and they, on the outside, they look totally like whatever, but like, but nobody realizes it, but they're crazy, freaky mystical. Okay. Go, go on Vince. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's, Sorry. All, it's all good, man. Yeah. I mean, but like, so like I went to Bible college, AG Bible college, right? Like okay, CDC yeah. down there. Yeah. 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 Um, and part of the way that I, I came to know Jesus was like a hardcore radical encounter where I experienced the glory of a God. Wow. Like just pinning me down to the ground, right? Wow. And it set me on this journey um, to CBC. Didn't know the AG, didn't know what the AG was, but I was attending the AG, like prized Bible college and um, phenomenal time there. But like the entire time there, I was like, man, like I feel like there's there's something that there's something that's stirring in my heart for the more in the spirit that you know some of these people are talking about but like gosh we're not like going after it in in this in this mystical sort of way and as i started studying like revival history um specific to the ag at that point right like i'm looking at like the 1900s where like there's literally like things written down of like these nine-year-old girls that are preaching in the street that are having these open trances open visions and just releasing the glory of God in a place. Wow. Wow. Right. Um, so I say all this because like after um, after Bible college, you know, my wife and I, we stayed down there and everything and became really close friends with this triad of mystics. Right. <laughs> right. And uh, they would they would like talk about some of the crazy stuff that they were talking about. Right. Like these encounters in the third heaven and um, wild stuff. Right. And like most recently, uh, one of them actually probably one of my best one, my closest ones. Um, but he was mentioning that there was one day he was driving around in Springfield, Missouri. Um, and you know, he's in his car and he's just like feeling the glory out, just like in the zone. Right. And all of a sudden weed smoke just starts filling his car. There's nobody Hallelujah. around. right there's no there's nobody around but like and he doesn't smoke right but like he's like he's like god what the heck is going on you know and (laughs) he said he said um that the lord spoke to him he's like you know there's there's this pastor over here at this church 
that's actually um, really addicted. Like he's he's sewn in with this and like he's compromised wow. his wow. ministry. Wow. Um, and I'm using like really strong words to say like what he said in a gentle, humble way. Sure. Um, but like he texted the one of the associate pastors, came back and like he was like, I don't know anything about that. It's like, well, all right. Two days later, comes wow. out. Wow. wow. Right. And like, but like when I think about stuff like that, it's like he's using senses, right? And mystics like that I've talked to beyond even them, like they talk about how senses um, are like kind of inflamed, if you will, in, in the presence, in those, mm-hmm. in those realms. I say all this because what started me on this journey was hearing about people like that and watching how they were treated. Wow. Right. Right. Like in their churches, because they've been like these specific people, they've been like, like forced out of certain churches. Mm -hmm. And I'm like watching them and like, I'm on the, on the friendship side of them. So I'm like, Hey man, like, I'll take you. (laughs) I'll take you, man. But like when I came out here, it got me starting to think of this journey. Like, gosh, there's a bunch of like new age mysticism out here in Seattle. It's like, gosh, there has to be a place for mystics in the church. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So that's kind of like what got me thinking about all this. Ryan and I talk about this a lot because this is just something that I've been on, you know, listening to everything from like Justin Abraham all the way, all over the place, right? Actually, Justin Abraham mentioned you on one of his podcasts. I don't know if you knew that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we, we love Justin. And man, he is... uh, uh, like he he's the real deal and and he's he's a he's a different breed when he when I first met him and he came to Seattle we wanted to show him downtown Seattle he'd never been to the city before and we would be we would be walking and we were down by the market and we showed him the gum wall and and all that he he didn't really understand the gum wall i mean you know he like he's who, like who why? does yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's the what's the gum wall there yeah and i'm what's, like what's the the prophetic interpretation yeah and I, i'm like isn't this awesome and he's looking at me like what is wrong with you people you know and um but okay so we'd be walking on first you know and he would he would stop and he would just and he would just put out his hands in front of him he'd close his eyes and then you'd hear him be like <laughs> and if you know justin if you've ever been around him or if you're ever standing near him during worship, um, he he's not much of a singer. I like I, I like you won't hear him like "How great are you?" Right, but like you'll see him and he'll be his posture is like a lightning rod. He and and it's almost like he's left the room when you stand by when you stand by him. He closes his eyes. He put he puts out his hands. His posture is perfect, and you and you hear this sound coming from his mouth. Like he's purring like a cat. You you might you know, we're we're in Seattle. We're walking, and Justin is no longer with us. He's stopped. Right, he's just standing there, and he is just he's just enjoying the presence of the Lord. Like he's just, you know, he's just he he loves the community of heaven. He loves heaven. He loves it more than earth. Like he really does. You know, um, and. Uh, and I remember one time we 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 were, we, were, we drove by this homeless guy, and Justin goes, he goes, I'll I'll tell you what he's thinking, 
And then he starts reading this homeless guy's mind that we just, and you could tell that we'd be walking by people and he'd be literally picking up their thoughts from them as, as we were, as we were walking by. And, um, so there are, there are people that, that are, that are wired that way. They're wired for introspective adventure prayer. Like they're like, um, that's a good way to put it. I like that. Yeah. It's like, no, no, I'm not just going to go to my prayer closet and pray. No, no, no. I'm going to create a room with a little sandbox with a little rake <laughs> and I'm going to have prayer props all over my room. I'm going to, you know what I'm saying? And like yeah. my prayer time is going to be, it, it's, it's it, it, from the, on the outside. It's going to look like I'm, I'm doing some sort of virtual gaming thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, and people are wired that way. And I think that we need to, celebrate that and and allow people with that gifting to be able to teach and to share and to bring biblical examples of you know because i think that there's and i'm not necessarily wired that way myself as far as how i engage with and that's the thing about my dad he wasn't either like my dad was never that guy at all you know he would probably he'd probably judge people like that like you know hippies you know (laughs) and um (laughs) bunch of hippies in the church you know (laughs) <laughs> Y'all need to get saved, you know. Um, and yet, the the mystic realm was a sovereign realm that would open up, and it was so sovereign that he never got used to it. And I've got another friend, um, you know, Richard Gordon. I don't. Do you guys mm-hmm. know Richard from Bethel? Yeah, yeah. yeah. When that realm of revelation and innovation opens up, uh, I've heard him say that he still isn't comfortable with that realm like it, it it makes him so uneasy because of how real and sovereign i remember one time i heard a story where he just came home like he just came home he wasn't thinking about god or anything and when he came home that realm was in his home and he was just like i can't do this right now and he just turned around and walked out of his house <laughs> you know so i think for for a lot of people it's like we're trying to kind of crack the code the glory code and we're like and we're and we're looking for formulas and we're taking e courses and we're doing all this stuff but there is a place where there is just that that sovereign glory realm where a visitation comes or it mm-hmm. you know and cuz god loves us so much and in the common theme or thread that i've seen is is it's always the lord honoring the hunger of his children it's like with richard gordon the, you know it's like god honored his hunger with my dad my dad had no faith in the natural like he was, he's never a faith guy um, we were talking about Pastor Wendell Smith at City Church. I don't know if you guys have heard of him or, or if you knew who he was. He started mm-hmm. City Church. His son, Judah Smith, took over the church and changed the church home. Well, a lot of people don't realize this. City Church in the 90s was off its hinges. That place was wild. Uh, we, were, I, 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 we were in meetings with those leaders, and they were on the ground completely drunk in the Holy Ghost, you know, like, 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 and, and here's the thing about Pastor Faith, about Pastor Faith, Pastor Wendell, he was, he, he, his real name was Pastor Faith. That's what I call him. I mean, Pastor Wendell was a man of faith, that faith came easily, you know, for him. Um, I heard a story recently where Oral Roberts gave Pastor Wendell a prophetic word about purchasing properties. And that's when City Church began purchasing all of these properties you know, downtown, all over the place, because mm-hmm. of a prophetic word that Oral Stinkin' Roberts gave to him. 
Mm-hmm. Like that's that's incredible. Well, that wasn't my dad. My dad didn't have faith, and that's why that realm always had to open up. For my dad, it wasn't a luxury. Mm-hmm. It was a necessity. Like if the angels didn't come, my dad would quit the ministry. <laughs> like like mm-hmm. there was so many times when my dad's like, no, I really am done now. And all of a sudden that glory realm would begin to open up, and, and he'd be like, oh, wow, okay. You know? And so, um, yeah, so I'm just kind of speaking into that place, Vince, you know, and I think just practically for our listeners, hunger and thirst after after Christ Jesus, his righteousness and his kingdom. Like, let's make sure that that we don't have just enough church in us to inoculate us from the glory of God, because sometimes we can have just enough church in us where we don't really need it. We're like we're, we're okay without it. And man. For all of our list, like for everybody listening, there is more, you guys. There is so much more. Heaven is is a real place. The 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 the, the kingdom is composed of realms of glory. Mm-hmm. And when you start listening to these guys, there's an invitation from the Father to invite us into these realms and to begin to experience the culture and the values of our Father and His world. And once we begin to experience that, we can begin to pull the realms of the kingdom into this time and space on earth. That is the prayer of Jesus on earth as it is in heaven. We all pray that, but if we don't know what heaven's like, if we don't know the culture of heaven, if we haven't tasted and seen for ourselves, what recipe are we using to bring the kingdom of God into this time and space? So, yeah, we all, uh, we, we shouldn't just put a tag on someone and say, well, they're a mystic. No. Sure. Our, our faith is completely mystical from Genesis all the way to Revelation and that the supernatural component of Christianity is radically essential to this faith that we call Christianity. Mm. That's so good. So yeah, good. We've, we've had this conversation before, but I think it's, it's really good to add here. Uh, we had a conversation uh, about like the place of mystics in the church and uh, this idea of, of graces, which we've talked about as well. And I think this is the piece that until that conversation that night, I never really connected because it was always like, you know, I, what you said, like mystics are accepted in the church now, like they're, they're a little more celebrated. But every time, even that idea, I think of uh, Lonnie Frisbee. I watched a documentary with Lonnie Frisbee right. um, from the, the Jesus People Movement. And he, he said, he said, I realized that the people wanted me for what I could do and not for me. And wow. I, I feel like that's like, yes, they're celebrated. But for, for the most part, the places they're celebrated, quote unquote, it's for the, what they, they bring and not who they are. Um, but there's this idea of graces. And, and we had this conversation uh, and just understanding, like, if you honor a prophet in the name of prophet, you receive the prophet's reward, honor a righteous man. So basically, whatever you honor, you can receive. And in the body, we're given these gifts. And, you know, there's the fivefold and the apostolic actually carries a grace for faith for heaven to come to earth. Like they impart just getting around them, honoring apostles. It imparts that faith to take on and, and bring heaven into your life. Uh, you know, the, the, the prophets, the, the ability to see and hear uh, and have a heart to understand what God's doing. Uh, you know, evangelists, it's that, it stirs that thing up to, to go and evangelize. Uh, and there's actually a grace that comes on you when you honor that. And I just like think of 
these mystics, which are hard to find, and most of them can't be found in a local body, or if they are, they're kind of like the freak, you know, uh, and they have to dance around and maybe visit churches, but they're kind of like kept outside still. Um, but finding ways to honor them because we actually need those supernatural experiences. And I think uh, just even what you just said about your dad, like it was a necessity, um, you know, not that that's a license for everyone to just basically be like, hey, God, you got to give me an encounter or else I'm, I'm walking. Right, uh, right. But uh, I wonder how many people in the body are in that place where like that supernatural thing God's calling them to, they're one encounter away and their encounters locked up in honoring somebody who carries a mystical grace like like that that you know whatever it might be you know the lightnings of god or the uh, be in multiple places at once or whatever (laughs) any of the many mystical things i was just gonna comment on that uh ryan like your revelation of the graces and the importance of honoring and then more specifically the practical uh component of actually how to honor graces on people's lives so this this conversation of okay it's 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 essential that we learn how to discern the grace on somebody's life and then we learn how to honor the grace um and then practically how to actually do that so you can receive a reward from that person dude that is so amazing and and i i i've assimilated that into my own into who i am which basically means that um i have i have um plagiarized you and (laughs) and i'm and i'm and i'm and I'm using that all the time because I, it's such it's such an amazing, um, you know, such an amazing uh, revelation. And so, dude, that that really could be a, a book. Um, you could really write a book on that because I, I think that's so I think that's so powerful. And the other thing I was just going to mention was regarding. I, I appreciate um, that, by the way. Oh, I, man, it's it's huge, dude. You'll be hearing from my lawyers, but I, I do appreciate the sentiment. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really been using it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not that good. But you know, I was, <laughs> you know, I was, one of the things that I think is really important when it comes to the to the mystic realm is that we recognize that the purpose of this realm is it's it's an invitation. Okay, so what it is is it's a. It, I'm going to use this uh, an analogy or this metaphor here. The mystic realm is a portal, and what the portal is is it's an invitation to cross over from one state of thinking into another state of thinking from one realm into another realm. And, um, and, and what it is, is it's a portal, not into next level ministry, even though that might be a byproduct or an effect of crossing through that portal. You see what that portal is, is it's an invitation from the father to enter into his heart. Hmm. And what that means is that the whole purpose of the mystic realm is to bring us into a deeper place that not in is to bring us into him hmm. like with 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 our awareness that we come into him fully aware of where we are who we are who he is and our interdependency and our our mingling our our uh, our that place of kava where our spirit is so entangled with his spirit that that they cannot be separated, and what that does is in that place of knowing, right, in that place of 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 the mingling of of souls. What am I describing right now? In the natural, I'm using biblical language that would refer to the intimacy between a husband and his wife. Hmm. It's this place of of uh, the deepest place of union, the deepest place of oneness the deepest place of intimacy 
um, in our in our culture. We would, we, we might even talk about that place of sex of sexuality, that the place of face to face, the deepest place of communion, and one of the most secretive places, which is the marriage bed. Hmm. And this is the purpose of the mystical realm, and uh, it's a theme that gets lost sometimes in the quantity of content coming out on everything from the seer realm to to going to going to heaven or, and whatever else but sometimes this gets lost but when you really have a relationship with 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 the mystics you will find that the common theme is always first love hmm. it always comes back to falling in love with who he really is not with the concept but it's like I, I stepped through the portal and I went from concept, I went from hypothesis into an encounter that's radically changed me fundamentally. It's radically, I, I know a, a, a particular mystic, it would actually reconfigure the composition of their body. And when they would come back, they, they would actually have a suntan. And I, oh, remember, wow. sa- I remember saying to this person, were you just s- somewhere tropical? And they were like... <laughs> Kind of. Like, no, I, like, I was just in heaven, and whenever I come out of heaven, I have a tan. Mm-hmm. My, my skin changes. Because this person would actually not just go in spirit. This person would actually take their body into heaven, and this person would, would disappear and, and, and that kind of thing. And so when you have these conversations, and this person never did an e-course on that. This person never did a book on that. This person never marketed that because – they were they were so they so wanted to guard the door they so wanted to guard the gateway because for them it wasn't about that like for us even me saying that that's like what like that's like it's spectacular yeah. it's 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 like a special effect in a movie for us that's what it is it's like it's like the with being a child and watching Jurassic Park and being like oh what they got dinosaurs in this movie like it's like it's it's big budget just to be big budget. Sometimes in the church, when it comes to the spectacular, when it comes to the supernatural, it, there's that that glamour side of it. But when you really get to know the people that are really doing the stuff, they are very cautious and, and skeptical and scared because the gateway is so precious that... Mm-hmm precious and they know where it goes to the point where you can't it's hard to even get them to talk about this stuff in a microphone and I say all of this because I really want to encourage people that it's not about it's not about traveling in the spirit it's not about levitating it's not about getting suntans in heaven it's (laughs) it's it's about receiving the invitation from the father to go deeper into his heart than you ever dreamed or dared was even imaginable and then coming back and being radically changed and also I don't know if there's a more beautiful definition for what true repentance is than to go into his heart whether it's by encounter or if it's just by closing your eyes and going there by faith I'm a faith guy that's 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 how I travel is I'll close my eyes and I'll say father I thank you that I'm in your heart right now and I thank you that in your heart there's no fear and I thank you, Father, that that um, in your heart, you know, there's no people pleasing in your heart. So, Father, I thank you that by faith I can find rest in your heart 
And then when I open my eyes and I come back to this time and space, you know, and I had my eyes closed, I didn't see anything, but I, but I felt his presence. I felt his kingdom. I felt his awareness. I felt everything. And that when I open my eyes, now I'm back in my house and I feel, I feel the kingdom. I feel mm-hmm. there's no, there's no fear here now. There's no, you know, and I think that that's, that's what this is about. This isn't about trying to convince our pastor of anything. This isn't about trying to change the culture or the DNA of our local church, which, which we which we can't do. That's wrong. To yeah. try to tell your pastor that he's going the wrong direction or that he doesn't honor the Holy Spirit because he won't let you practice levitation at the altar, <laughs> like that is that is <laughs> that's wrong. Yeah. Like we have to honor our our environments where God has called us. And then, like Jesus said, when you pray, don't be like the Pharisees that only pray when they're in public. Don't be like the Pharisees that only want to talk about the supernatural stuff when they have a microphone. Like, like when you pray, you do it this way. Get away from everybody. Mm. Close the door. Um, and, 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 and go deep. Go mystical. Go far. Go wide. Go by encounter. Go by faith. But go. When no one's around, you go there. And when you come out of the marriage when you when you come out of the marriage bed, when you come out of the bedroom, remember that what happened there gets to stay there because it was all about intimacy, connection, oneness, and unity, mm-hmm. and that's the place of the true mystical realm, where the Lord is 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 inviting for all of us to come. Yeah, that's yeah. so good. I, you know, I think I think the the best mystics I've seen, best being, um, the ones that have had the greatest impact on me personally have been the ones that they don't even really talk too much about. Like you said, they, they don't really talk about a lot of their experiences. Uh, they, they very much guard them and they just want to talk about Jesus, like almost to the point it's annoying to people because they know the stories and they like, they want the stories. And I think the ones that have had the least impact, uh, not that I'm here to judge anybody's ministry, but like are the ones that are, you know, trying to teach the mystical realm without to people who haven't had the experience when jesus did it the opposite they experienced something and he's like okay let me teach you about what you're seeing now i there's this kingdom you know um whereas you got you know people are here's the seven layers of heaven and it's like well they don't even love jesus yet so (laughs) they don't really need to they don't need to know the layers of heaven they 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 need to know him you know and so i i think i think uh that that might have been maybe even some of the the um uh, a mis a misstep by the mystics trying to be accepted is is well we'll come in and kind of teach what's what this is, and and then you just end up you know being rejected because people don't understand because they haven't experienced it or you get the weird ones who they want the experiences but they don't really want God, uh, and, and you just get a weird mix. Well, yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you what kind of happened, and this is directly from some of the um, from some of the A listers, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> Basically, what happened, dude, is is you got these these mystics that really start to come on the scene. Let's say like 2013, 20, uh, 2012, 2013, somewhere in there, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, and what their heart is, and and if we're honest, there's kind of a judgment uh, against the the previous regime or the previous administration within the church, and the judgment is this: you've got anointed men and women of God, but they use their anointings to build ministries, not to equip the saints. Mm-hmm. And so you've got these mystics and what, what they're, and they've got kind of a judgment and you could say a righteous judgment, but a judgment nevertheless. And what they say is we're going to be different. 
we're going to we're going to take all of these encounters and all of these things that we're learning and we're not going to use them just to just to build a ministry but we're really going to teach people how to function and what we're functioning in and how to do what we're how to do what we're doing and they did that and you got huge equipping conferences or not even huge some of these things are actually intentionally small um but you got to be a billionaire to go to some of these things mm-hmm. and uh and not not initially it was pretty small and underground initially and for years you couldn't find nothing nowhere you couldn't find like you'd search soundcloud or youtube you couldn't find nothing nowhere then all of a sudden boom there's stuff everywhere right mm-hmm. and then and then all of a sudden that stuff's getting taken down because all this content is getting stored up in, you know, um, co- more content servers where you need a subscription to unlock it. And I don't have any judgment about that. But all of a sudden now you've got equipping on very deep, complex stuff that I believe most of it is legit. But mm-hmm. you've got you've got people if, – if we're being honest, you have um, – infants that really still need breast milk and they're trying to digest steak Mm. and and they're not able to do it and furthermore when they're regurgitating it and trying to recommunicate what they learned they're butchering it Mm. and they're and they're communicating heresy and gnosticism and most likely forgetting all about jesus Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and the gospel if we're honest yeah. And now to the to the credit of a lot of these like like what I would just refer to a a lister uh supernaturalist mystics they've recognized that. And it's just now where they're realizing we we weren't wrong in wanting to equip the saints. We were wrong in starting people at G H and I when we should have started them with A B and C. And mm-hmm. so it's it so we've got people and they think that they're creating planets, but they can't even articulate what the gospel is. They can't even articulate in their own words what the gospel of the kingdom is. Hmm. Um, just the basics. And so, to the credit, there is a recalibration that's taking place right now in, in more of the mystical streams. Yeah, for sure. Because these are good people with good hearts. Um, but they kind of created... A major headache, not just for pastors, but for themselves, mm-hmm. you know, because they're getting emails and they're hearing about stuff that honestly, a lot of it isn't even true. People are people are in their imagination. They think they're doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, and and now. But the good news is that, a lot, that these guys that created the mess and there's a lot of good stuff, too. I don't want to throw out the, the baby with the bathwater, um, even though I, that's such a silly thing to say. Um, (laughs) because it's because it's horrific i mean it's such a horrible visual but (laughs) like they've done a lot of good but the good news is is that there is a recalibration in in the in a lot of the mystic equipping and they really are taking people back to sonship back to bridal ship they're really taking people back to the to the the abcs of the gospel Mm -hmm. and and so i think that's good Hmm. yeah I appreciate, I appreciate that about him. Uh, Brian, am I pronouncing? Is it Garen? It's um, Jarin. 
Jaren. Jaren. It's it's French. Jaren. It's kind of like it's kind of like Darren, but with a G. <laughs> I I feel like I've never actually heard anybody who would really know say his name, no, and I always just read it. It okay. is Guerin. Guerin. Yeah. Uh, I was in a I was in a meeting I with think. him in uh, in Ohio, <laughs> and uh, and he's one of those guys that like just wants to talk about Jesus, and he carries this deep realm, and I think he does he's done it really well. Like he doesn't wear this mystical label, and he literally just like every time I've seen him, I didn't get to see him when he came up here to SRC, but every <laughs> time there. I. You were, yeah. Every every time I've seen him, he literally just gets up and like, <laughs> basically says nothing, and <laughs> just kind of rambles, and that, like, but he did that, and he was just kind of talking, just hitting little things about Jesus and in the bridal realm and stuff, and none of it really like it wasn't this big, you know, message or. And then he's like, yeah, and the last time I spoke on this, music started playing. And as soon as he said that, audibly, in the auditorium, I don't know who else experienced it, but a good amount did because people just started weeping. And, like, audible music playing in the room. And he just started crying. And then he just stopped everything and went and laid hands on everyone. <laughs> it was just like, this is what it's about. I think, I think that's the way you just get up, you talk about Jesus, and then who you are comes out and... I've been really excited to see the mystics go that direction because exactly what you said, like you end up with a lot of people. Uh, and, and and I think one of the, one of the things to point out is when you are at that infancy stage and then you experience the presence of God, you recognize the supernatural, but a lot of times you don't have the discernment on what's God and what's not. And so what I've seen is people thinking something's the Holy spirit and it's actually a demon and I've seen that and had had people who are baby Christians who are getting into mystical stuff or listening to, you know, any of the people you can name. And then next thing you know, they're off like, oh, Holy Spirit told me to go have, you know, this person's my spouse and we're supposed to have sex and, and not get married because that's, you know, that's religious and political. So we're supposed to have sex to solidify our covenant before the Lord and like just weird stuff. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> Where, where'd you go with that? But yeah, I um, there was a lady I was just praying for just a couple weeks ago, and um, and I'm not much of a discerner or a filler, uh, so I got a lot of people on our team that can do that well. Um, you know, I'm I'm a pastor, and I just kind of believe the best about people. You know, I don't really know that you got a demon until your eyes are rolling back and you're and you're foaming at the mouth. Uh, it, it is funny because <laughs> I you go, I, I am legion. <laughs> I, I, I do I do have a deliverance anointing on my life, and it's funny because um. I never actually know that people have demons until they're actually manifesting, you know, um, versus I know other people where they can pick them right up. They like, like mm -hmm. they could just pick it right up and then they're, they're, they're in on it. Anyways, the point is that I was praying for this lady. I wasn't discerning anything or feeling anything. And, um, and then all of a sudden she says, um, the Lord told me, and then she, something similar to what you just said uh, regarding a man that was supposed to be your husband. And the Lord said, this is your husband. And, um, well, obviously that's not God, right? Mm -hmm. But the Lord told her. So is she making that up, or did a spirit tell her this, right? And I, and so I know immediately she's got a relationship with a counterfeit spirit that she thinks is the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so I stopped her, and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's that's not the Holy Spirit. That's not God. So let's just stop right there, um, and let's and let's and let's let's deal with this, right?" And so just just invited Jesus to come, and sure enough, before we know it, she's clawing at the ground, 
and um, and the, the voice of God, which is actually a demon, mm-hmm. and it and it revealed itself and it had a name and all that. Well, that was just a couple of weeks ago, and so yeah, completely. Like my point is that we can, we can we can get so desperate for a realm that we commit really kind of a spiritual adultery and mm-hmm. idolatry mm-hmm. and that our pursuit is the realm and not Christ and, and his righteousness and his kingdom. Yeah, that's yeah. good. So if you seek first, um, if you, if you seek first Jesus and his kingdom, right, his righteousness, all these other things will be added unto you. What happens if you seek first something that's spiritual, but is not of Christ, all that stuff will be added unto you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and now we've got a problem because, if you receive it as if it's from God, now you have a soul attachment with it. So you've got an open door where that that stuff can come and go and be added unto you. And then you really, you really are going to need some deliverance because you've been inhabited by something that's not holy, right? Mm. Wow. Well, this concludes the first half of our conversation with Darren. So be on the lookout for episode 21, which will be Darren Stott part two. Um and that that will contain the rest of our conversation, which we get into some amazing stuff. So I, th- I think you guys will really enjoy it. Hopefully you've enjoyed this conversation so far. And uh, if you would like to support what we're doing, you can go to firemovement.com slash support. There you can give a one-time or monthly gift. And w- once again, please share this with your friends. Um, share it on social media, all those sorts of things. Help get the word out and uh, help us expand this. We want to reach more people and um, also you know, please give us some feedback. I, I've been texting some people that I know are listening to it or, or reaching out to them on social media, um, just asking some questions, asking for some feedback. Uh, I'd love to hear what you guys think, how this is impacting you, um, what has really stood out, what could be done better, all those sorts of things. I, I'm I'm totally open to that sort of feedback. If you want me to kick Vince off the uh, <laughs> off the the podcast, I might just give you his cell phone number uh, so you can reach out to him. Uh, also, I think we should, uh, I think we should petition Darren to release that video. He talked about this, the sketch he talked about that he hasn't edited yet. Uh, so everyone should go hit up his social media and ask him to, uh, finish editing that and release it to the public. But anyways, so for today, this has been the fire podcast.